lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Wednesday. Here on the Steve Dace Show, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. Steve Dace here with Totters and Aaron McIntyre and all of you. And what a day this is. 888-900-3393 is the number. That's 888-900-3393. Let us know what you think about what we think via the stevedace.com inbox. That's steve at stevedace.com. D-E-A-C-E, that's how you can email the show. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. You can also follow us on Parlor. Steve Dace is where you can go there. And then check out our new YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Steve Dace, where you can get clips of this show that you can sample for yourself and then share with others if you would like. And then don't forget, just got another update from the publisher. Pre-orders are cooking. Thank you very much. My new book, the novella sequel to A Nefarious Plot, A Nefarious Carol Drops on December the 15th, just in time for Christmas, both for you to buy it, but then to also pay for my kids' Christmas, which is really the more important part of this equation. All right, get your pre-order today over at Amazon.com. And that's a good reminder that coming up for Theology Thursday next hour, or no, that's tomorrow. Theology Thursday tomorrow, I'm, I'm getting my days mixed up. You know what it is? There is so much news breaking right now. I'm having a hard time keeping everything straight. I mean, Aaron just told me in the break room 10 minutes ago that the Bushes may have known where Bin Laden was the entire time. And and I'm probably not going to have time to get to that today with everything going on. <laughs> it's just, it's incredible. All right. So it's actually tomorrow is Thursday because these days just are so jam-packed with information. It's tomorrow for Theology Thursday that we will continue uh, looking at uh, a nefarious plot. Today, Buy, Sell, or Hold will be one of our more popular segments. We do that each and every week. The Weekly Prophet of Woe and Lamentation, Daniel Horowitz, will be joining us here. I need to also remind you, I was so excited about this. We brought them on board yesterday as a brand new partner to the show. Uh, it's, It's my new food group, man, Built Bar. And I know I got several of you emailed me and thought that I was promoting Bill Barr. No. And with the story breaking today, it's hard to believe his stock would get even lower on my list, but it is. No, built, as in we built, we did, Mr. Obama, we did built that. All right, that's bad grammar, but you know what I'm saying. All right, built bar. If you are looking for not only the best tasting, with the widest variety of flavors, but also easily digestible, and they're all under about 200 calories. Tastes like a candy bar, but it's a lot better for you than that. With an assortment of flavors you won't find anywhere else, trust me, this is the best protein bar you've ever had, and there's no close second. If you want to get it on Built Bar, which I am a huge fan of, all right, here's all you need to do. Use the promo code DACE, D-E-A-C-E, Promo code DACE to get 20% off your first order. When you use the promo code DACE at BuiltBar.com, that's BuiltBar, B-U-I-L-T, as in built, BuiltBar.com. Promo code DACE. Trust me, you will not regret it. 
Now, there is a breaking news story today we're going to be talking about in a moment. And if you would have told me something other than, I don't know, the visitors arrive, was going to knock Amy Coney Barrett's confirmation hearing off of our main playlist today. So we'll talk about it in the overtime. All right, let's do that. You okay with that? Yeah. We'll do that in the overtime today. Uh, BlazeTV.com slash Dace. I mean, I don't know what that was from Maisie Hirano yesterday. Hey, um, I just want to know, have you ever raped anyone? I mean, I, I just... Is she just nuts? Yeah. Yeah. But it's not just a she thing. How is she... She just has a little bit more weirdo to her but it's all the the whole thing the whole left is the upside down see i think other than what we saw out of her act yesterday by their standards they've actually been relatively restrained like we're not chanting hail satan throwing tampons feces you know the kind of stuff we've seen in the, the antics we saw in your state in the scott walker era she's not yet been accused of being a member of a marauding ban well, she's female, so they wouldn't be rapists. They, I mean, they accuse her of being a member of an Elizabeth Bathory cult. All right, seducing young women to drink vials of their blood in her castle. Um, we haven't seen a lot of that. It's just been your kind of run-of-the-mill left-wing talking points. You know, that we, well, which, by the way, on their own are nuts. Yes. Don't get me wrong. I mean, on their own, they're insane, okay? But we have been so desensitized, I think, to their insanity that doesn't it seem as if it's just kind of like, eh, totally, it's just run-of-the-mill cray-cray. Totally, Until Maisie Hirano asked her, hey, have you raped anybody? Relative, then, it got, then it got weird. Relative to Kavanaugh, of course. But it's still about um, give me your guns and uh, kill the babies. I mean, it, to its very core. Right. I mean, the inference was made yesterday because she owns a gun. She can't objectively I, I, like, rule on, on gun issues. I guess that means if you've had an abortion, you couldn't objectively rule point. on Roe what v. Do, Wade. Do you realize or if you don't have a gun, you can't you. objectively that, rule. You're yeah. right. The inverse right. of it also has to be true. Correct. Yeah. That's how dumb the whole thing has gotten. And now, a, you know the, the meme, her the notepad meme? You've seen it, right? Yeah, where, it, where it she will, has no notes. And it will, John Cornyn yesterday said, hey, can you hold up your notes? It and she holds it up and there's nothing on it. Forever. But then people are like writing oh, stuff yes. on it. It, it, did it. Did it replace the Trump meme? Remember we had the flip over book? Oh, yes. And then is, people were writing things on it, right? This is this kind of replaced that? Replaced All right. it, yes. So we're going to get into Amy Coney Barrett's confirmation hearings. Are we ready over there yet, by the way? No. No. How much longer do I have to stall here? I don't know. Okay. Uh, if you can sense we're stalling uh, because we're preparing something for you and it's not yet ready to come out of the oven. All right. So let me speak very slowly. If you want us to analyze for you the Amy Coney Barrett confirmation hearings, go to blazetv.com slash dace. That's where the overtime will get posted up later today at blazetv.com slash dace. That's D-E-A-C-E for blazetv.com slash dace. Now, if you're already a Blaze TV subscriber, that's where you'll go to watch it later today. We record it. I get this question all the time. And so let me clarify it again. 
you cannot watch the overtime live. It, it, it's a bonus. It's not part of our weekly or our weekday lineup. We stick around and do it extra just for you that subscribe to Blaze TV, right? So you watch it on demand once it gets posted up there later in the day at blazetv.com slash days. And that's, and that's also where you can go if you want to get a discounted subscription to Blaze TV so that you don't miss anything at blazetv.com slash days. That's We're so D-E-A-C-E. Close. We're so close. Okay. Did you see, I got to ask you, you won't have to stall. Did you see what Scott Atlas said about there need to be, these are, this was a crime against humanity. I'm doing it, but he was. Did he? Oh, you didn't see this? about the lockdowns and all this? Oh, I'm fine. I did not. Let me find this. I can't follow all this news, man. You would be swooning. This, it was a love song to you, but you talk about something else. Let me please find it for you. All right. Because you need this in your life. If you want to know, you know, you've heard me say for years or before, maybe if you're new to the show. That if you want to know what your pastor, your priest, your rabbi is struggling with in their own personal life the most, it's often the thing that they preach the most passionately against, right? Because that battle rages within their own soul, and so it's up close and it's personal to them, right? Yes. Along those lines, if you want to know what the American left is doing, what are they up to? What have they concocted? What, what scheme have they hatched? If you want to know, I think what we're about to learn is it's, it's always what they accuse you of doing every single time. Recall, I know it seems like it was 20 years ago now, but earlier this year, we impeached a president because of his dealings with the Ukraine, correct? Yes. Or, well, we impeached him for winning the election. Yes. <laughs> right? We impeached him for winning the election. Let me make that point clear. But the official word given was because of a 22-minute or whatever it was phone call with the Ukraine, correct? Correct. All right. And it was Ukrainian collusion on the heels of Russian collusion, correct? Correct. Right. right. Keep that in mind. As you watch Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by... Have you ever spoken to your son about his overseas business dealings? I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business dealings. Do you think it was wrong for him to take that position? No. Knowing that it was really because that company wanted access to you. Well, that's not true. You're saying things you do not know what you're talking about. You're, You're selling access to the president just like he was. So you You're a damn that. liar, man. That's not true. And no one has ever said that. No one has said that. I no. see it on the TV. You see it on the TV. Did you and your father ever discuss Ukraine? No. As I said, the only time was after a news account. It wasn't a discussion in any way. There's no but to this. No, we never did. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. An explosive new expose from the New York Post out this morning throws cold water on Joe and Hunter Biden's repeated year-long insistence that they've never communicated with each other about the Younger's overseas business dealings. Hunter Biden introduced his father, then Vice President Joe Biden, to a top executive at a Ukrainian energy firm less than a year before the elder Biden pressured government officials in Ukraine to fire a prosecutor who was investigating the company. That's according to emails obtained by the New York Post. 
The never-before-revealed meeting is mentioned in a message of appreciation that Vadim Puzarskaya, an advisor to the board of Burisma, allegedly sent Hunter Biden on April 17, 2015, about a year after Hunter joined the Burisma board at a reported salary of up to $50,000 a month. Dear Hunter, the email reads, Thank you for inviting me to D.C. and giving an opportunity to meet your father and spend some time together. It was really an honor and a pleasure. An earlier email from May 2014 also shows Pozarskaya, reportedly Burisma's number three exec, asking Hunter for, quote, advice on how you could use your influence on the company's behalf. The new revelations stem from a massive trove of data recovered from a laptop computer that was dropped off at a repair shop in Biden's home state of Delaware in April of 2019, according to the shop's owner. Other material extracted from the computer includes a raunchy 12-minute video that appears to show Hunter, who's admitted struggling with addiction problems, smoking crack while engaged in a sex act with an unidentified woman, as well as numerous other sexually explicit images. The customer who brought the water-damaged MacBook Pro for repair, never paid for the service or retrieved it or a hard drive on which its contents were stored, according to the shop owner, who said he tried repeatedly to contact the client. The shop owner couldn't positively identify the customer as Hunter Biden, but said the laptop bore a sticker from the Bo Biden Foundation, named after Hunter's late brother and former Delaware Attorney General. Photos of a Delaware federal court subpoena given to the Post show that both the computer and hard drive were seized by the FBI in December after the shop's owner says he alerted the feds to their existence. But before turning over the gear, the shop owner says he made a copy of the hard drive and later gave it to former Mayor Rudy Giuliani's lawyer, Robert Costello. Steve Bannon, former advisor to Donald Trump, told The Post about the existence of the hard drive in late September of this year, and Giuliani provided the New York Post with a copy of it just this last weekend. Less than eight months after Pozarsky thanked Hunter Biden for the introduction to his dad, the then-Vice President admittedly pressured Ukrainian President Petro Poroshenko and Prime Minister Arsenyi Yatsenyuk into getting rid of Prosecutor General Viktor Shokin by threatening to withhold a $1 billion U.S. loan guarantee during a December 2015 trip to Kiev. To boil this all down, here's a timeline of events that are confirmed thanks to these new revelations. April of 2014, Hunter Biden joins the board of Burisma, the Ukrainian energy company. May of 2014, an email from Burisma's number three executive, Vadim Poryarsky, asks Hunter Biden for advice on using his influence on the company's behalf after a government investigation starts into corruption at Burisma. April of 2015, another email from Vadim Prozarsky thanks Hunter Biden for introducing him to his dad, then Vice President Joe Biden. December of 2015, Joe Biden pressures Ukrainian President Pedro Poroshenko and Prime Minister Arsenyi Yatsenyuk into getting rid of Prosecutor General Viktor Shokin. March of 2016, Viktor Shokin is fired and states he'd made specific plans to investigate Burisma. January of 2018, former Vice President Joe Biden brags to a panel hosted by the Council of Foreign Relations that he'd ordered Ukraine to fire Shokin. Said, nah, I said, I'm not gonna, we're not going to give you the billion dollars. They said, you have no authority. You're not the president. The president said, I said, call him. <laughs> I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars. I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. 
Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> Got fired. April of 2019, a laptop reportedly belonging to Hunter Biden is dropped off at a Delaware computer shop. Fall of 2019, the elder and younger Biden repeatedly deny that they communicated with each other on the younger's international business dealings. December of 2019, the aforementioned laptop is seized by the FBI. December of 2019... President Trump is impeached by the House of Representatives for alleged collusion with Ukraine. Fire everyone. And that's what happened while we were away. First of all, Aaron, that was worth waiting for. You did a phenomenal job. I mean, that's incredible the way you laid that story out. All right, let's unpack that here in a moment. But first, what does COVID-19 have to do with losing your home? Turns out it could be an awful lot because we're doing so much stuff online these days that cyber crime has gone up 75% this year, according to the feds. So what's that have to do with your home? Well, that's where a lot of our home titles are kept these days, are online. And cyber criminals know this, so they go online, forge your signature on a quick claim deed and refile as the new owner of your home, and you're off the title. They own it. They liquidate your uh, equity. Um, they stick you with the payments, maybe even a foreclosure notice. How do you stop this from happening to you? I know one way to do it, and that is with Home at Title Lock. They will protect your most valuable asset, your safe haven, your most important investment, your own home. They'll put a virtual barrier around your home's title so that the instant they detect any tampering whatsoever, they will mobilize to shut it down. But first things first, go to HomeTitleLock.com. That's HomeTitleLock.com. And register your address to see if you're already a victim. And then while you're there, use the promo code RADIO to get 30 free days of protection for your home's title at HomeTitleLock.com. Again, with promo code RADIO at HomeTitleLock.com. When you look at when you look at the story that came out today, and, and I wanna I wanna say this first and foremost. I am hearing that there's more to the Bidens. That there's more to come beyond this story is what I'm hearing. So keep that in mind. That I'm hearing this the story of what's been going on with the Bidens the last few years doesn't end here. And there will be more to come. That's what I'm told. So with 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 that disclaimer already asserted, to me there, there's two things that really stick out here more than anything else. Well, three. One of them I said before we ran Aaron's rundown. If you want to know what these leftists are accusing you of doing, uh, or you want to know what they're doing, just see what they're accusing you of doing. That's almost always what they're up to. Ukrainian collusion? No, that's what they were doing, actually. That's what they were doing. But there's two things that stand out to me. Two, two other additional things. Number one, They, they literally put this in emails. They, they, they wrote it down and sent it to each other. Hi, I am shady, sketchy foreign operative. Thank you for taking me to meet your dad, the vice president. I, I don't even... Send. 
this town needs a better class of criminal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just should add a V8. I mean, what do you say to that? They put it in writing. Just direct email. Buried on, I'm buried on a computer next to pictures of uh, getting it on with probably a hooker while smoking crack. <sighs> crack kills. Um, we, we, we learned that. Here's the other thing that stands out to me. The timeline, Aaron, that you laid out is so vitally important. Because it was in December of 2019 that the House of Representatives initiated impeachment against Donald Trump. Now, as we've already noted here today, the impeachment was uh, for the offense of winning the election, right? I mean, we predicted all along in this show they're going to find something. Once they got control of the House, there was going to be an impeachment. Right. We had that like the day after the 2018 election. Oh, they're going to impeach. Him. Sure. Let's come up with something. It, it, it won't go anywhere, but they have to do it or their base. I mean, if they don't do it, Rachel Maddow will split her spleen open tonight on MSNBC. It has it must be done. This must be this is the alm. This is the well, I'll use a term that they like over there a lot. The reparation that must be paid for um, winning the midterm election. Right. That's that all was correct. The, that was the toll. Except you assumed her gender. That you should not. My bad. Okay. Um, it was just a matter of what cockamamie rationale were they going to come up with, or would Bob Mueller come up with something legitimate, which he never did. The rationale they came up with was that Donald Trump went on a phone call with Ukraine and tried to get a remember a quid pro quo, and they acted like we'd never heard this phrase before in politics. Except every day, everything in politics is a quid pro quo. Everything is. Everything is. All right. So much so that Biden openly bragged yes. about it yeah. in that montage. I told him, hey, you're not getting a billion dollars. Yeah. You should fire that prosecutor. And lo and behold, six hours later, he was gone. Right. Yeah. So it was the quid pro quo that unless Ukraine agrees to release questionable or damaging information about the Bidens or investigate, uh, you know, what was going on with Burisma and the Bidens over there, then that may, that may lend itself to holding back funding that Ukraine wants from the U.S., foreign aid, right? Mm-hmm. Right. That was the rationale given, right? Yeah. Right. Okay. And at the time, I, I recall saying, number one, why are we giving any uh, foreign aid to Ukraine? Number one. Correct. Number two, why are we giving any foreign aid to Ukraine? Number 14. Why are we giving any foreign aid to Ukraine? Number 37. Why are we giving... I'm, I'm on my 37th reason. I just keep repeating myself on loop. Why are we giving any foreign aid to Ukraine? Should I continue? All right. Whenever that number times infinity ends, this, the next reason, not the second one, more like the 7,985th reason, although it's second in order, um, would be, isn't the story really supposed to be whether Biden's guilty or not? You know what I'm saying? Yes. That, isn't that really the issue? I mean, if he's to me, if he's not guilty, then you have a then you have clearly this you have the scandal that you want, right? But if he's guilty, then Trump's the chief executive officer of the government. You don't want him to know if we're giving money to a country under false pretenses, under under any fraudulent um, conditions. You, you we don't want to know if the Bidens. Are, remember, we had these conversations yes. last December, right? Now, I want you to understand here that the entire time this conversation was occurring, 
the FBI already had a laptop, which confirmed at the very least there was prima facie evidence, meaning that enough basic evidence that there's something that should be investigated. Okay? The FBI already had prima facie evidence in its in its possession that the rationale by which Trump would have requested such an investigation to occur within the Ukraine already existed. The FBI already had this evidence. When you were when you, my fellow Americans, when you were subjected to that dog and pony show, that political donkey show, straight out of the bowels of Tijuana that Democrats put us through, called their fake-ass impeachment earlier this year. All of the witnesses, the testimonies, the show votes, the entire time, we wasted our time on this. Understand that your FBI had in its possession the entire time prima facie evidence that there was at least merit, even if Trump was guilty of everything they accused him of on that call, then fine. Because the FBI knew the whole time that there was at least prima facie evidence for why the President of the United States might think something shady was going on. They had it in their possession the whole time. The whole time. This is like finding out next year they had a vaccine for COVID-19 on Valentine's Day, March 12th, April 1st, and they just put you in lockdown anyway. The FBI had this in its possession the whole time. Never came forward. Never spoke up. Not once. And then not even when it was over. They didn't even come forward when it was over and say, you know what? We thought it was a separate question that should be determined. Should a president use his leverage in the White House like that? And that should be adjudicated separately. And now that it's done, here's the evidence we have. Something shady went on over there between the Bidens and Burisma in the Ukraine. Never. And they were never going to come forward with this, by the way. If not for an industrious repairman in Delaware who better have armed security right now, by the way. If you know this individual and you're a gun owner, don't let him leave your sight. Check his vehicle. Make sure all of the gauges, spark plugs, connections, timing belts, all up to date. The whole time. Your FBI knew this. Your FBI that sent 14 agents to investigate a rope on a garage door at a NASCAR event. While they did this, they knew they had this evidence. That's a great point. That's an everything point. 
At the very least, the man running the FBI, Christopher Wray, knew this. If Donald Trump, and I want him to win re-election, but if he does not, he only has himself to blame by surrendering his presidency for four months to the quack duo of Fauci Burks. If they're not fireable, the same cannot be said of Chris Ray. The president appointed it himself. He should have been fired 10 minutes ago. He should be fired today. The last straw should have been when he went before Congress and said Antifa is not terrorists, they're an idea. And gave Joe Biden his own dumbass talking point in the first debate. Should have been fired over that. He should be fired right now. You should have no confidence in this institution whatsoever. It knew about Larry Nasser, the worst child sex predator in American history, did nothing, didn't act. Was it the Orlando nightclub it got a heads up on? Didn't act. The shooting, the mass shooting in Florida with Sheriff Israel, didn't he get a tip about that? Didn't act. And now this, but it made sure to move heaven and earth to check on a rope connected to a garage door at a NASCAR event. 14 agents were sent to that. Apparently it couldn't be bothered with emails from foreign nationals saying, hey, thanks for giving us access to your dad, the vice president of the United States. Fire them all. At some point, Mr. Trump, drain the swamp. More in a moment. So if you noticed your hair isn't looking quite as full as it used to, losing your hair is no fun. So let's talk about options. Here's one. I mean, you could go to your doctor for a hair loss treatment prescription, then visit the pharmacy as you try not to go broke while you try not to go bald. Or you can try Keeps from the comfort of your own home and get the same doctor-recommended FDA-approved hair loss treatment. But Keeps offers the generic versions for about half the cost. And one more thing you're going to love about Keeps, not just the savings, how about the convenience? You do it all from your home, answer a few questions online, snap a few pics from your hair, and then a licensed doctor reviews your info, recommends the right hair loss treatment for you, and it's shipped directly to your door. And if that's not a good enough deal, so you're going to save about half off with the generic versions, you can do it all online from your own home. How about some additional savings as well? Another 50% discount off your first order. When you go to keeps.com slash grow, that's K-E-E-P-S, 50% off your first order at keeps.com slash grow. Again, that's keeps.com slash grow. Let's get to it. It's one of our favorite segments each week here on the program. Buy, sell, or hold. Who knows what tasty morsels await us as we find out what you guys are going to ask us this week. Are we buying that, Todd? Are we selling it? And given that it is the year 2020, we are now permitting an infinite number of holds. I mean, you can just answer hold on everyone if you want right now because who the bleep knows? All right. We literally found out about Hunter Biden's dealings today because of a computer repair shop person. And then we also found out the FBI knew about this the whole time Ukrainian impeachment was going on and said not a word. So in that universe, 
I think it was is the merciful thing to allow as many holds as absolutely possible. Now, this week, you want to break tradition, Todd. You want to go first. Yes. And this one's just for you. After okay. that last half hour, I think you earned at least this. I'm going to give you a little pumpkin spice. All right. All right. And I promise you, you're not going to need a hold. And this could change your whole day. This one's just for you. This is from Dr. Scott Atlas. Uh, and I believe last night on the Laura Ingram show. So this isn't a hot mic. Everybody just think about what what Steve's been waiting for for a very long time. And he said he, he thought he kind of got it, but no, now he got it. Quote, History will record the faces of the public health expertise as some of the most sinful, egregious, epic failures in the history of public policy. They have killed people with their lack of understanding. Some people say it was a crime against humanity. End quote. Buy, sell, or hold, Steve Dace. Uh, all the buys. You know what? I don't I don't know if it will change anything. But affirmation. It, it, it's just about time somebody with some power and authority and expertise just said it. Well, we've been telling you since March. And I got to tell you too. And I think you've made this point before, Todd. We were I mean it was either a race between Daniel Horowitz and I who got a hold of Scott Atlas first and put him on their show. Before most people knew who he was. I mean, both of us saw an op-ed he had written in The Hill. Yeah. And we were like, hey, we got to get this guy on. You told me for like two days, Todd, stalk Stanford, yeah. get them. Yeah. And we had him on and he was really good. And then we asked him, to, but we ran out of time. And we asked him to come back the next week and do a town hall and take questions from viewers, right? Here on yes. Blaze TV. And he, and he did. But going in, he was like, I don't want to politicize this in any way. I want to keep it about the science. And back when he was all dewy faced and yeah. Yeah. And I, I think this process you've watched in real time. Yes. You know, a guy who was addressing this with your classic bedside manner. Right. And now he's just pissed the, this process, the, the level and layers of bunk BS garbage trash that has been thrown our way as a people for these last seven months. And that I, I, I think he's just now gone from trying to treat this soberly, like an attending physician, a family physician, you know, uh, a reassuring bedside manner. He's doing triage now. Stat! Got to get the bullet out of the body now or the patient dies. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like pleasantry's gone. This this has to be addressed right now. Has to, the tumor has to be removed. The bullet has to be taken out now, or the patient will die. And I don't have time for please and thank you. The situation is that dire. I only wish. I only wish they would have brought him into the fold, even a month before they did, so that we could be further down the the path that we are currently on. And that is my fear that it's too late. I hope I'm wrong. You know the snapping point with him. It had to. It had to have been. You know, the, the guy's got his pride, and he's just trying to help. He's legitimately just trying to help. And he's, and then the the people pulled him aside, the journalists and yeah. people inside, and said, you know, you're not an epidemiologist. And that I think he's like, I've I've got blood on my hands. I'm in, I'm trying to pump the heart into life, and you really, 
yeah. want to go. I wonder if think, seeing things yeah. like Redfield saying yeah. to Congress that the mask is more protective of, of than just a vaccine. I, I, that level of, of, of it's just you're right. I would imagine if if I'm if I'm capable of being recognized by one of the top five medical schools yeah. in America as an as a medical policy expert. At some point, this just gets beneath yeah, me. What did you say to me? Yeah. Now he's David Banner in the Avengers all the time. Yeah. I'm always angry. Yeah, I just stay angry now. Yeah. Yeah. That's not, and God bless him, it's, but that, by the way, that's not, when we were one of the first people in America to introduce you to Scott Atlas here on this show, six, six months ago or whatever, I mean, he was your grandpa or your old man, right? Well, and you he went to him made for, it clear yeah. to me, and I told you he desperately does not want to be in any part of any political no, labeling or tug of war. And he made, and, and his tone was very clear yes. on that. He was very reassuring dudes. Like he's like a medical Navy seal now. Yeah. Now he's just like, uh, you know, he's we're kicking the tires and lighting the fire. Denzel we're Washington. Here a, we're, here for, the, we're here for a body count in that yeah. movie, man on fire where Christopher yeah. walks in, he's doing his magnum opus now. Yes. Yes. Yeah. All right, Aaron, you're up. We'll continue with another Todd, Todd Saffel, who says the Democrats' push for the 25th Amendment group isn't about removing Trump. It's about removing Biden. That it's a trial is run. fascinating. <laughs> I'll buy. I could buy that. And I, I could see that being a real reason and right reason situation. I mean, the right reason is you you do this to fire up your base in the last couple of weeks of the election, right? I think the way both sides are performing now and the way they're behaving now, I think both sides believe that this is a turn out your base election. And if you're an independent and if you're waiting for somebody to come along and whisper something in your ear, I, I'm not sure it's coming these last couple of weeks. Maybe it will. I, if we have another debate, I don't know that we will. Uh, maybe we maybe one of them will take the occasion to do so, but anything short of that, I kind of think both sides view this one as uh, bone on bone. Oh, and and so I I could see them. Sure. Yeah, you throw it out there now, and our base. Yeah, yeah, twenty fifth amendment. You know, because how many times has that hashtag trended on Twitter the last four years, right? And, and so you do that to placate your base, but you set the stage for later on when. It's time to remove Uncle Joe when you've got your own guy to put in there instead. I, I could totally see that. And if you think, but, oh, that sounds too crazy. If you haven't watched, did you see the interview between Pelosi and Wolf Blitzer? Yeah. Where she accused it, him of peddling yeah. Republican talking points? It, well, and talking about, you know, we're the ones feeding people. And yeah. it, yeah. Watch it, that video and then ask me, it, these people are hanging on by a very thin thread. I, I, I don't know. Folks, we just led with a story about a laptop dropped off to a computer repair shop that has the vice president's son smoking crack and exchanging emails with shady foreign business associates, thanking him for giving them access to his father, who was vice president of the United States at the time. And we only found out about it because the computer repair shop guy blew the whistle. And the FBI's had this laptop since December and said not a word. The whole time we went through an impeachment over this and everything else. So I don't want to hear anymore. And and this goes both ways. You guys, you know what? I'm giving you some Catholic school permission. You go and find your, your favorite nun's favorite ruler, okay? And from now on, from this time forward on this program, if I begin any form of skepticism, uh, or skeptical analysis with with the premise that that's too crazy. 
rap my knuckles like they used to do to you guys at St. Cecilia's and St. Agnes's back in the day or the Sacred Heart Academy, all right? Because at this point, I don't know what's too crazy. I don't. I don't. I'm going to end up becoming a smarter Alex Jones. I can see that that's how this is devolving. And I I can't stop it from happening because tell me what other reaction am I supposed to have to this? You're not paranoid if they're really following you, brother. I mean, did you guys see that that Lincoln project, that what's left of the old uh, the Never Trumper group? Millions. Thirty nine million dollars from Democrat donors. Thirty nine million dollars. Thirty nine million dollars. I I don't I, I, you. Tell me what would be too crazy. I've been crazy voices in my head, guy, for a long time. I know you have. I, so nothing's too crazy anymore. No. And and I, I just don't even know what to I say what I anymore. Said. I meant what I said. And it was specifically, once we reached where we were with transgenderism, the gates of hell were open, man. Well, that was the big argument yesterday. You know, our boy Ted Cruz pointed this out. Y'all can't oh, t- have it both ways. You can't claim sexuality isn't a choice, it's immutable, but then gender's a yeah. choice. You can't have, see, you know what Ted Cruz is actually making the point? He's making the same point J.K. Rowling is making. That's why J.K. Rowling is rejecting the trans ideology, because she's very pro-gay. She retconned Dumbledore, one of her prized characters, as a homosexual. Yeah. And so she's saying, hey, one of the reasons I'm pro-gay is these people are victims. Nobody, they were born this way. They didn't, you know, they didn't want to, they didn't ever, no one ever wants to go to their parents and say, hey, I'm not giving you grandkids. You know what I'm saying? Nobody, nobody looks forward to that conversation. There's a reason why it's so gut wrenching and you hide it and you're ashamed. Now we would argue it's because it's sinful and it violates the way that you were made in your creator's image. But from her worldview, it makes perfect sense that this must be immutable because no one volunteers to do this. Right. Mm -hmm. And then everyone is scared to death to reveal it. Right. Okay. Now you're telling me that we can just change genders and everything else all the time? Then I guess it's not immutable then. Because you can't have it both ways. That's that's J.K. Rowling's entire argument. But instead of listening to her, did you see what they did? They they listened to Maisie Hirano. Webster's Dictionary actually changes in less than 24 hours the definition of a word to calm the cult. So no, it's not too crazy. No, I, I, I just think... I think it we're 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 at a time now that we need to entertain some things. And I know a lot of you probably were there a long time ago. So maybe I'm just saying this to myself. I am at a place in time now, or we are at a place in time now that I need to be willing to entertain some things that I I just I, I frankly wasn't in the past. And I and it's it's just simply based off of what we've already lived through. Up next, we'll go to Jacob Hibbard, who has the top five worst Supreme Court rulings taken one at a time. Number one, Roe v. Wade. Um, I'm fine with it being number one, but I think number two has to be number one. Um, if only because you, you looked into the eye of an adult male and said, you're still not human to me. You know, a lot of the prenatal technology and stuff that we have today was at nascent stages in 1973. That's why when Bernard Nathanson flipped from NARAL to um, Catholic conversion and helping to found Operation Rescue and put out Silent Scream and people saw what was going on in the womb, I mean, a lot of Americans had never seen stuff like that before. 
you know, and 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 so I don't. I would put Dred Scott number one, but I, I certainly think those are the top two. I would agree. In fact, I think number three is right. I think those are your top three for sure. Are those three? You know, number four, Plessy versus Ferguson was separate but equal. Eighteen ninety eight, by the way. Um, uh, so that was what ushered in the era of segregation. Was Plessy versus Ferguson, Marbury versus Madison. Well, you know, you could argue that should be number one <laughs> because a lot of the things, it was the gateway drug that set the stage for all the other opinions you don't like. The I, It created uh, a power for the Supreme Court. Uh, the Supreme Court just decided on its own that it had the power of judicial review, a power that was never given to it in the Constitution or in any of the accompanying Federalist, letter, Feder, Federalist letters laying out, you know, sort of, you know, the commentaries on what the Constitution meant. Um, I think that's a really good list. And then, you, of course, you have Obergefell, which opened the gateway for what we see now with the moral insanity. Uh, that That's a hell of a list. It's a hell of a list. I, I don't think... You can put Marbury on the list, but it that is very... Hell of a list, literally, is yeah, that what you're saying? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's very much a law of unintended consequences, the, none of those judges. It, this is kind of like the, the talking about the Fourteenth Amendment and how that's been abused. Yeah, it, 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 that Marbury versus Madison on its face, it, it, on its merits, is not in the class of the other four. There, I agree with you from an eighteenth-century mindset. Although Jefferson but, warned but, them, but the, if warned them after Marbury versus Madison, if you go down this road, he warned them at the time we would end up in the kinds of places we're in right now. But the okay. same can be said also for the Constitutional Convention, why we ultimately needed amendments. I mean, there was no way perfection was going to come out of it. There, it's a bit of a Pandora's box, and look at how even the Constitution itself has been abused. That's my point. You may as well just put the Constitution on there, because it has been... That's a valid point. I, I'm not... It's a valid I, point. I think it's just a different conversation than the other four, which are strictly, uniquely about their merits, and not how it is abused and bent and twisted out of context over time. Yeah, because you have to look at it also in the mindset of the court in Marbury, they believed they believed they were granting themselves this power in order to make the judicial branch fully functioning as a mechanism for the people to have one one other layer of government handle their laments, complaints. If should they viewed it as a check and balance, a chance for the court yes. to have a check and balance on the other two. That's how they viewed it at the time. Now, Jefferson's prophecy of what would happen, though, if they went down this road has turned yes. out to be true times a million. And yeah. he argued that with arguably one of the greatest justices of all time, John, John Marshall. Marshall. Now, yeah. but a difference, John Marshall, who oversaw it, he, he made it his goal and he succeeded more often than he failed uh, getting unanimous yeah. opinions you're right. it wasn't this 5-4 land you're right, which we, is where we are today yes yeah, you're right yeah and in, in many respects Marbury versus Madison was a replay of the federalist anti-federalist debate one side Correct. just trusted human nature too so, much and the other side said yes, we know better yes you're making my point yes yeah, yeah. we'll come back more buy seller hold coming up in hour number two and our weekly profit of woe and lamentation Daniel Horowitz will join us here next
back again here on Blaze TV radio and podcast. Steve Dace here with Todd Erzin, Aaron McIntyre, and all of you at 888-900-3393. That's 888-900-3393. Steve at stevedace.com is our email address. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show over on Parlor at Steve Dace. And check out our new YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Steve Dace. If you are a podcast listener to the show, we appreciate you every bit as much as we do everybody else. All we ask is that you show your appreciation for us in return. Here's how you can do that. Click the subscribe button on whichever podcast platform you use. And then if you haven't done this yet, hit that uh, five-star review for us. Only if you like us. If you don't like us, don't lie. What if you kind of like it? Well, then just totally exaggerate, embellish. We would appreciate that. But the more of those five-star reviews we get, the more of you hit more of you that hit the subscribe button wherever you podcast from, the more it helps the show to grow. And that's why we want to ask you to do that for us. And thank all of you that have done that for us already. At the bottom of the hour, our weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, Daniel Horowitz, will be joining us. During the top of the hour break, a little truth in advertising. Gentlemen, what did I indulge in during the top of the hour break? Bill Parr. I did. I, I'm not. Dude, I'm not I'm I'm not exaggerating. These things are incredible. I just had the the coconut one covered in chocolate. It tastes like a Mounds bar, but like one third of the calories, plus the protein that you're looking for as well. You have never in your life had a protein bar this good, but then also this digestible at the same time. I have tried other protein bars I thought tasted great. And then an hour later I paid the price. Not with built bar. All right, they are easy on your tummy, on your digestion, but they're also easy on your calorie count. They're give, they're going to give you the protein boost you're looking for, and a lot of great flavors. After the show, I'm going to have another. It's going to be the uh, pumpkin uh, chocolate chip cookie one. That is, that might be the best protein bar I've ever had in my life. Frankly, the pumpkin spice one with the chocolate chip. Oh, that's phenomenal. All right, so if you want to try Bill Bar, I'm I. You know, one of my favorite gifts is when the little baby, Lord, is doing that, all right? That's me with Built Bar right now. Testify, that's what I'm doing right now. I'm like a disciple of this place. I love it so much, all right? So go to BuiltBar.com, not Bill Bar, BuiltBar.com. BuiltBar.com, use the promo code DACE. You can't buy them on a store shelf. You got to order them from BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code DACE. Get 20% off your first order. Trust me, you will not regret it. You're going to think to yourself, man, I should have started this a long time ago. And and here's the deal, too. And I'm not trying to pull your pants down because this is probably my fault. Uh, We did an extra built bar uh, spot today because there's only one on the schedule. Here's what happened. I actually mislabeled the email. And it's actually yesterday's, I think, that you're reading off. Oh, well. You believe in them that much, Steve. Yeah. There you go. There you go. All right. Let's get back to some buy, sell, hold. Aaron. We'll go next to Franz Schubert, who says the hated Houston Astros will pull off a miracle comeback against Tampa Bay and go on to win the World Series because 2020. So the cheaters come back and win it? I'll sell. I'll sell. I think Tampa Bay's uh, pitching is too strong. I'm going to sell. Next, we have David Schoen, who says the panic porn crowd finally cancels Franklin Roosevelt's when they remember his the only ha- thing we have to fear is fear itself quote. Uh, sell. You have to understand how these people operate. Just, you know, they they get to they believe they get to just cherry pick anybody and anybody they want whenever they want. So, sell. 
Like we're the only people that talk about FDR stacking the court and doing Japanese internment camps. They don't ever talk about that kind of stuff. They just think they get to just cherry pick whatever they want, whenever they want. So sell. They're not going to cancel him based on that quote, but if they see his statue somewhere and they're in the right mood, that could get toppled pretty darn fast. Up next, Chris Pandolfo says Democrats replace Clarence Thomas on the Supreme Court, balancing the court again and proving that the more things change, the more they stay the same. I don't have any inside word on this, but I think if Joe Biden wins, you're going to see Clarence Thomas try to. I think he goes REO Speedwagon, man. He's riding the storm out. I think he tries to stay all the way through Hmm. uh, a Biden term to await the next election. So I will sell. Yeah, I'll sell as well. Up next, we have Alexander Rogers, who says Amy Coney Barrett's blank notepad will be a top 10 used meme for years to come. This is yours, right? You're on this? Guaranteed. I don't know about top 10 because there's just so many of them. But for the foreseeable future, yeah. Somebody, I don't know, Aaron, you know how this happens. Somebody, most of it was writing, but somebody put the video in miniature on mm-hmm. that little notepad of the woman on her knees screaming after Trump won in 2016. I mean, you people are geniuses with a lot of time on your hands, but geniuses nonetheless, and I applaud it. Next, we have Live Free or Die, who says the NFL is embellishing the opportunity to test the Tuesday night viewing market. Other evenings will be tried, but Tuesdays are the most practical. Uh, I'm going to sell. I think it actually it disrupts the timing and plot and planning in between games and injury recovery, the players association would be a no way, no how are you, we're going to play games on a regular basis on Tuesday night. I, I think the players association, like if you have a buy this year, you don't get to go home. If you live out of state, you have to stay in the market. You have still to be tested every single day. Um, the players association has agreed to all of these things this year because it was probably the only way that they could guarantee their guys are going to get paid. Once this is done, they're they're not going to agree to these things anymore. And so I'm I'm going to sell. I do think you'll see football on a regular basis on Tuesday night in the future, but I think it'll be the colleges. I think you'll see, you know, you usually get those Maction games, you know, in November at the end of the year. But I, I could see the Mac and, and the Fun Belt and those kinds of leagues playing Tuesday and Wednesdays all year round in the seasons to come, but it won't be the NFL. So. I'll sell. And I had this conversation last week about college football with Steve. It, it's it the rhythms of the weekend and how you plan for the weekend. Uh, that's really tough to, to change wholesale. And it's this it's this gluttonous mindset, both in terms of money and needing it every night. You know, when are the I love football. I'm glad it's back. I love watching it. But what it's. At every turn, and not just a lot of things, it's not just uniquely football, but need to be entertained exactly the way we need it at all times. It's just getting idolatrous. Just settle down. Next, uh, Demost, uh, the Ness of America. Demosthenes, is that what it is? Demosthenes. Okay. Iowa State finally wins the Big 12. I think they mean this season. Mm Mm-hmm. Sell. It's still Iowa State. I, I, I'm not. I'm rooting for them. Th- there's rational reasons to see it as possible, but there. W- look at Steve's. It's not purely Lions logic, but you can just win the next game. You you don't jinx it yourself. Just win the next game. If you look too far ahead, you forget 
who this team is. I mean, they've been, since I've moved here and watched them, they've been kicked in the groin in a lot of different ways. Just when they think they're turning a... Nope. So just when... In two weeks, well, it two, they have a bye week and they play Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. Ask me after that game. you got to play Oklahoma State right now. Oklahoma State has to play Iowa State. They've played nobody no, so far. I, I know, but uh, yeah. Oklahoma State does not have the problem that all Iowa State has in terms well, I mean, of what it has to overcome. You, you're wearing the uniform. You yeah, look down. No, there's a lot of truth. I mean, listen, Iowa State wins the conference titles every year, every 85 years, whether you like it or not. Okay, <laughs> yeah. I mean... You know, they haven't won it since the Titanic <laughs> sucks. Okay, literally, it was 1912 in yeah. a league that doesn't exist anymore. And I think they went 2-0 and and shared the championship. So I, I get what you're saying. Um, here's the thing is, I, I, I think the difference between Iowa State and the Detroit Lions is they have an identity. They have a program there uh, under Matt Campbell and what he has built. And they don't have any kind of such thing. Uh, the Lions don't. They just try stuff, you know? But just remember, four, four weeks ago, what were we talking about with Iowa State? Yeah, I wasn't as worked up about losing to Louisiana but as everybody else But the same people who yeah. are saying this war, like, ah, yeah. it's, uh, it's I, never going to happen. I could, I, could, I could make an argument that given the hype Iowa State had coming into the year, and Louisiana is, is going to be one of the better They're legit group team. five teams in yeah. the country. I could make a case that that loss... Given all the hype Iowa State had and the preseason AP poll and everything else, and Chris the Bear Felica on ESPN Game Day is saying his best bet of the year is Iowa State ten to one to win the Big Twelve and all kinds of stuff. I can make an argument that losing that game to Louisiana, particularly the way they did, where they only gave up like two hundred yards of offense and still lost like thirty one to fourteen because they just couldn't tackle and couldn't execute mm-hmm. an offense. I can make the case with a coach like Campbell that he could get more out of a game like that for what it would do to redirect and humble his team the oh. rest of the way than if they had won that game 35-10, to 10, okay? He's got a track record of doing that in others. I mean, he's had plenty of bad losses and turns he's around. Done that, he's weeks. done that here. Yeah. You know, but I'll buy, I, although I, I don't disagree with anything that you just said. I don't disagree with anything you yeah, said. But, I, but, we're but on a- I'll, I'll, I'll buy just because I think it's, I think it's, here's my fear from an Iowa State perspective. As I think right now, they're a really good bet to get to the Big 12 championship game. They already have a three-game lead on Oklahoma. They have a two and a half game lead on Texas, who they haven't played yet. You're, okay, you are right. So the odds of them getting there are really good. Correct. But then, I'm in, I'm worried about in that setting. Do you have to beat Oklahoma again? Maybe. Do you have to beat Texas again? Maybe. That's what I'm. Con- or do you have to play Oklahoma State again? And, maybe. That's the setting. And while I'm they about. aren't good, they aren't you banking on those teams being at least marginally better. Then? I think you'll see Oklahoma get better. I think Texas is in a lot of trouble. I, I think, yeah, Tom Herman is, but Oklahoma's had a ton of injuries, opt outs. You know, you're you're playing. It's basically a freshman quarterback against a lot of their second string. I mean, they have been decimated by COVID. Oklahoma has been, and then the draft. Um, there's at least some excuse for them. There's no excuse for what's going on in Texas right now. Agreed. Which is why you know they're already talking about Urban Meyer coaching there next year. So. Next up, we've got Elliot Evans, who says ranked choice voting would improve our election system. So this is, I've heard this described, this is the jungle primary he's talking about? I believe so, yeah. So the way this works, well, it it can work different ways, but the the way ranked choice is, is, is you can vote 
for the entire field in the primary, not just Republican or Democrat, is my understanding, right? Correct. And then the top two finishers are who then moves on from that point forward in a runoff. And the argument for this is what? Well, I think places like California did this because they thought that they could just get general elections of Democrats versus Democrats, if I'm remembering this right, because they thought they'd get the top two finishers. You know, like the SEC, we'll just get two teams in the playoff. And it hasn't worked that way because, you know, there's still enough partisans on the other side that they vote, you know, for their guy to be one versus two. But that's the idea that you don't necessarily have to have a Republican and Democrat candidate. You can have two Republicans, two Democrats. Two of neither. You just you get a chance in the primary to vote for anybody that you want to decide who's in the final runoff for the general election. It's the top two finishers. Isn't Georgia doing this now? I'm not sure. I think Georgia's doing this now. Email me if, and correct me mm-hmm. on all that stuff if I'm wrong, by the way. But I think that's how it works. How about term limits? <laughs> Until then. And I trust me, I used to not be a term limits guy, but this just is too smart by half at best before we get to term limits next jim wheaton says the polls will tighten starting starting this weekend to ensure that they remain unbiased quote unquote for future That's elections very interesting see i think they tighten a couple of you emailed me yesterday and say hey what is cnn doing Jake Tapper saying to Biden's, well, that's not what the Constitution is. It's not your opinion. It's mm-hmm. what yeah, it says. Wolf Blitzer fighting yeah, with Nancy Wolf Pelosi. Blitzer all over Nancy Pelosi about the COVID stimulus. See, I'll here's the thing. This. I like where your head's at. Yeah, you have to understand that they have a narrative, but then they have, you know, they need ratings at the same time. And if you throw out there to people, hey, this thing's over, it's done, there's no point to it. There's no drama. People stop watching. Well, I mean, what's what's gonna what's gonna get more eyeballs? If Alabama beats Old Miss last week by the 24 points they were favored by, or if the game goes down to the final two minutes, right? You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Okay. And so I think you were just going to get that ebb and flow anyway. And I think you saw that with some of CNN CNN's antics in the last 24 hours. Um and and, and I just think that. It's that level of pro wrestling. So I'll buy. Yeah, I'll buy. And it's, you know, early on, you'd want to galvanize by saying, oh, look at it. We're crushing them. But then as we get close, just to make sure it's tightening, don't take it for granted. Get out to those poles, man. Yep, yep. I'll, I'll buy it all. Yep. I think it's that orchestrated and yeah. that coordinated. I agree. This next one is especially for you, Todd, because I know you love these. Yabba Dabba Do Gabby 33 says, my governor Ron DeSantis will run for president in 2024. Well, this actually off air, I think we, because I said to Steve, you know how much I hate these conversations, mm-hmm. which is why I want to have it. it because the, down the road, the, the, opportunities at hand for DeSantis and then uh, Chrissy Nome out of South Dakota and uh, perhaps Nikki Haley. It, it, the opportunity for the first Republican, for the first woman president to be a Republican versus the kind of, no one can, as Steve, no one can take the mantle of Trump in terms of the, the persona But in terms of somebody 
clearly realizing that I will never go, what he showed me, I'll never play the game anymore. DeSantis has some of that in him. And in a different way, Christy Nome also has some of that. Which which version do we pick? It's it's genuinely interesting to me. Now, beyond that, we haven't spoke of it again, but I don't I, I can't imagine what would it would have to be some sort of total kneecapping to take Ron DeSantis. He, he's shown a consistency for how many years now, Steve? Has he been governor? No, he only got elected in 2018. Yeah, he's but he's shown a consistency of perspective and point of view and carrying out and not giving a rip in many respects. If that carries on, he's in the, he's very much there. Basically, Ron DeSantis does a better job governing on Trump's talking points than Trump does. Yeah. And he does it in a state that in the last seven presidential elections has been decided by two and a half points on average. So a, a state that's, you know... Probably the key and most expensive swing state in the country. So I will buy that DeSantis will run. And and if I were on his team, one of the primary strategies, because I don't think we're going to have anybody that's serious in 2024, Trump win or loses. That's going to be like serious that the Republican Party needs to water down its abortion stance. I don't think we're going to have any of those kinds of conversations. None of them. None. And I think it's going to be really difficult to get. How do you get to the right of Ted Cruz on this or to the right of Ron DeSantis on that? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I think that's going to be the kind of things that we've typically fought over in our primaries. I, I think with a couple of exceptions, I mean, the establishment will have their candidate. It'll probably be Nikki Haley. And even she would be to the right of a Mitt Romney or a John McCain or a Jeb Bush. Okay. Maybe even a Marco Rubio. Um, and, and so I don't think some of the, the precise, and I say this as somebody who's led a lot of those assessments or been a part of them. Some of the, the, the precise analysis of where people are at ideologically, I, I, I just, I don't know how I would break down Who's more conservative, Ron DeSantis or Ted Cruz? I mean, that's not an easy equation to work through. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so if I were Ron DeSantis's people, I've got a record as governor I'm probably pretty proud of. Let that speak for itself. And the argument that I would be making is, hey, this is a great field of candidates, but I'm the only one that if you nominate me, I take the most expensive state to win in the election off the table and we pour all those resources into, into retaking Virginia. We pour all those resources into retaking Nevada, into retaking Colorado. Um, you, know, you see what I'm saying? Well, that, yeah. yeah, we pour all those resources into flipping Wisconsin and Minnesota, which yeah, frankly, demographically, it? other than university towns, the rest of those states ought to be with us. Okay, and Florida is 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 an enormously expensive state because it's a swing state and has several uh, major television markets. If I'm DeSantis's people, the argument and and I don't make that argument like in a primary debate. I'm making that argument like in when I'm speaking at CNP in 2021 and 2022. Right. I, I, I think it's kind of cheesy to stand up there, you know, in front of nine other Republicans on, on a Fox debate and 50 million people will vote for me because then we don't have to contest. You don't want to do that in that setting. I mean, when you're meeting with the Steve Daces and Bob, Bob Vanderplatz's of the world, 
when you're meeting with the people at the Council for National Policy and the conservative confabs where the the not the where the vetting process is actually in the primary, but the sifting process of where we're deciding who's going to be on our list to actually vet. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's in those conversations and in those settings that if I were Ron DeSantis's people, I'd be making arguments to people like me along those lines, which is I'm not even going to try to debate who's a better conservative, me or Ted Cruz, because frankly, that's mutually assured destruction. We just heard we heard our we heard ourselves having that debate amongst the two of us. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make a separate argument, which is nominating me means we don't have to spend one hundred million dollars or whatever trying to win Florida in twenty twenty four. We spend that money trying to take back things that used to belong to us or take things away from them. That's the argument that I would make. It's a good argument, a fascinating argument, but I, it's a it's a tough one because if you have Nome and Nikki Haley, and let's say Trump wins, and those suburban women that you've been talking about swallow their frustration and give him the win, they are going to be on the prowl to have one of those two. You know, no, they are. So well, here's how he's we, boxed in in some ways. Here, here's how Trump winning, change, winning or losing, I think, changes the process. If Trump wins and he decides that he wants to then knight Mike Pence, this is my son in whom I am well pleased, basically, and because Pence will get some of the credit for it and deserves it. Because whatever was going on after the last debate or the first debate with Trump and Biden, he at least stopped the bleeding with the way that he the -hmm. bloodletting he put on Kamala Harris. Right. Correct. So if Trump wins and decides that his lasting legacy is choosing his successor and it's Mike Pence, Mike Pence is going to be very difficult to beat. Not impossible, but difficult. All right. If Trump loses, Mike Pence has really no future. And I think the field is much more open in that in that respect. And then I think you're looking at people with impressive gubernatorial credentials like Nome and uh, and DeSantis, people who are the kinds of candidates the establishment likes but know how to talk to us, like a Nikki Haley. Um, and then you have a guy like Ted Cruz, who my last piece of advice to Cruz when the campaign ended was just get on Fox News as many times as possible. It doesn't matter what it's about. That was my final piece of advice. Just get on Fox for any any chance you can. Wait, raise your name ID. Well, his name ID now is through the roof. He's lived on Fox the last four years. Um, but I think if Pence, if Trump wins and Pence decide or and, and he decides to put his thumb on the scale for Pence, I think Pence will be difficult to beat. Hmm. I don't really see him doing that, but I don't disagree. And I could see Pence Trump not doing that and saying, well, if I do that for Pence now, then my own son can't run in eight years. And so, Mike Pence, you're on your own. I could see that, too. I mean, dude, trying to predict future actions by Donald Trump Mm -hmm. is flip of a coin. Next, over Looney Tunes window says the Christmas shopping season will be the lowest sales in the last decade while Amazon brings in record fourth quarter earnings. I think they mean in-person sales. Yep. I'll buy that. Yeah, I'll buy that. Yeah. Bye. Sadly. Chris Nelson says under or over Joe Biden lasts nine months as president before stepping down for Kamala. Is that a good uh, over under? Are you buying? Nine? I could buy the nine months. Yep. I have a hard time believing the Democratic Party is going to hand its future into the packaging of Kamala Harris. I just I, I have a hard time believing that we should hope that happens. We should hope she's their proxy. We should hope for that. 
I mean, I, I don't think you do a 25th Amendment on Biden to hand things to Kamala Harris. Like I, Kamala Harris strike you as the as the as a 20 year reset for the Democratic Party like a Bill Clinton was? No, no, not at all. I mean, I, if, if I ever thought about running for the GOP nomination for president, any of the names you just talked about, man, we're we are. It's it, it's the saying in baseball. When the when the other team's pitching sucks, we're tripping over each other to get to the bat rack. Okay, I mean I am tripping. We're tripping over each other to get to you know uh, the Secretary of State's office to file our paperwork to run against Kamala Harris. So I I just can't see them being in a hurry to let her be a lasting image. She's just so unlikable. <clears throat> I mean because that means they. I mean she hurts them in a midterm election in 2022. I could see there being a hurry to get past Joe Biden, but I don't think they'd be in a hurry to hand Kamala Harris the flag and say, hey, you're the face of this operation. So plus, I'm going to sell. Plus the Biden fact, is Biden being used? Yes. Does he know he's being used on yes. some level? But once you're in the White House, this is still, it's it, it's a very diminished, dementia-ridden Joe Biden. It's still Joe Biden. Is he just gonna say, here's the, the baton? And Kamala is willing to be used too. She's obviously yeah, yeah. extremely wow. trans. I didn't mean it that way, but since you went there, um, that's part of her record too. Yes. But she, there's never been an Aunt Kamala. Joe Biden, you see now, is yeah. a shell of the man that has been yeah. a dominant figure in American politics our whole lives, yeah. right? But there was a time, kids, that he was Uncle Joe, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There was a time that you thought, you yeah, know, I think this guy's wrong most of the time, but I, he's there's yeah. something likable about him. You don't see any of that right now because you've seen a guy that's past his prime. There is nothing in Kamala Harris's record that makes you think to yourself, you know, no, no. I, I don't know why you'd be in a, we should pray that they would be in a hurry to anoint her as the face of their party. We should pray for that. Same thing, Don? Yeah. Okay. Next, Jared says, uh, having scientists making decisions in our government is a violation of the separation of church and state. Ah, that is well played. Yes. He gets it. I get you. Bye. G Chum says, with a Trump reelect, Dr. Scott Atlas will be appointed head of the CDC. Mm, bye. I, I that literally, would be great. I just had a shiver go down my spine. Bye. The mere thought of that. He knows. I'm going to buy just because I just... I need that to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And he knows now how much work there is to do. He seems like he's got the attitude for it now. Yeah. Why would you just go home? Uh, Todd, what is the thing that uh, priests use that smokes that little ball of like smoke or, or steam or whatever as they go around? Incense. Well, like, yeah. Oh, the incense. Man, I'm going to Catholic file that. I don't know the technical term for it, but yeah. you know, the, that, the, the decanter it yeah. might be. I think it might. Because Steve got a picture of Dr. Atlas watch, walking in to the CDC headquarters in Atlanta for his first day, accompanied yes. by a priest yes. swinging pumpkin spice incense. Yes, 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 yeah. yes. I mean, I'm I'm in a happy place right now. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, I love this one. Vote your conscience says if Trump were to walk into the Rose Garden with an alien, Fauci would say the science isn't settled or it doesn't exist. Uh, Redfield would demand the alien wear a mask, and Kushner would try to give the alien amnesty. That's oh, outstanding. <laughs> walk off home run. That's really well done. Yes, I have to buy, man. Very clever. Well done. 
Nightcore says, five of the most recognizable songs of the 80s. Thriller, Michael Jackson, When Doves Cry, Prince, Master of Puppets, Metallica, Crazy Train, Osborne, To Hell with the Devil by Striper. I gotta sell. That's a bad list, man. Uh, there, the no, first no, two you had no, me. No Striper song is, is yeah, easily that's... recognizable. And you went with Thriller and not Billie Jean or Beat It? Come on, man. Okay, come oh, on. T- well, that's... Not... All right, come on. Those Still, songs it's... were far bigger hits. It's not even close. Okay, uh, the, the, those songs were far bigger hits. You're, so you're both selling. I, I Miller mean, is yeah. the hill you're dying on on this. Yeah, Billie Jean and Beat It were yeah. dramatically bigger hits than Thriller. The song was dramatically bigger. So Thriller, the video. I thought he said most recognizable songs. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what? not videos. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I'm with you if it was videos. Yeah. And then I hate the. I hate that crap. So I'm the only Metallica album I like is the one that everybody got mad at him for selling out the black album. That's the one that I like. Okay. Right? Hyper hyper rapid fire here. Okay. Buy selling or holding these NFL teams within one game of 500. The Cardinals. Buy. Buy. 49ers. Sell. Sell. Saints. Buy. Buccaneers. Buy. Buy. Panthers. Buy. Sell. Cowboys. Sell. Sell. Uh, let's see. Uh, in the in, uh, Patriots. Buy. Dol- Dolphins. Sell. Uh, Raiders. Buy. Sell. Colts. Buy. Sell. That's it. Right. Good stuff. All right. The Weekly Prophet of Woe and Lamentation, Daniel Horowitz. He will be joining us here next on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. Stay tuned. You know, trying to sell your home at any time can be a stressful time for you, especially if you don't know if you've got an agent you can trust. Sure, they all talk a good game. None of them put on their website, hey, if we don't sell your home in about a month or so, I'm probably going to just shadow ban you. I'll keep the listing just in case something hits, but I'm going to move on and uh, divert my attention elsewhere. They're not just going to come out and say stuff like that. So, especially in these, and get ready, Todd, unprecedented times. Bing. Thank you. Uh, you need to make sure you go in with a real estate agent who is all in for you. Now, where would you find said agent? Someone that you can trust? Well, the name kind of says it all. Realestateagentsitrust.com is the name of the website started by Glenn Beck and some of his friends who were tired of real estate agents who talked a good game but then did not deliver the promised results when they were needed the most. So they embarked upon a mission to find agents that could be trusted all across the fruited plain so that you didn't follow in the footsteps of their misery. So you would have a better experience in the real estate market than they did. And that's where you can find the agent that you can trust. Just go to this website, realestateagentsitrust.com. Again, that's realestateagentsitrust.com. Let's bring in our weekly prophet of woe and lamentation. Daniel Horowitz, good to see you, brother. How are you? I'm doing all right. You just spared me from the confirmation hearing, so I'm thankful for that. Um, I, I, I think it's fascinating, since you brought it up, and we're going to talk more about this in the overtime yesterday, or later today, what happened yesterday, especially with Maisie Hirano. Have you ever raped anybody recently? But um, I thought what, what fascinated me is from 2009 to 2016, over 1,000 Democrats in elected office in America lost their seats from Senate, Governor, House of Representatives, State Legislature, Daniel. It was over 1,000 
of, of incumbent Democrats lost their seats nationwide, largely because of Obamacare. It's why when Donald Trump took office in January of 2017, there were more Republicans elected nationwide than at any point since before the Great Depression. This issue decimated the Democratic Party. And I remember Rick Santorum saying, hey, they don't care. If Barack Obama knew they were going to lose this many seats, he'd have done it anyway because it's, it's the holy grail of one of their policy uh, you know, vision quests. And I agree with that analysis. They would have done it anyway. And, and so I was fascinated yesterday to see the, one of the primary places that Amy Coney Barrett was attacked was on the idea that Obamacare would be threatened at the Supreme Court with her in Ruth Bader Ginsburg's seat. When did this become... 10 minutes ago, it cost the Democrats 1,000 seats, Daniel. It, you have a Republican governor. He's not much of one. But you have, we, have, we have a Republican governor in Massachusetts, Maine, and I'm trying to remember the th- third state it was, for the first time since like the 50s. And Obamacare largely did this. When did this become a winning issue for Democrats, Daniel? Around 2017, 2018. And Steve, what you are providing is the quintessential political science class and why the Republican Party is worse for conservatives than having nothing. Because as long as you have the Democrats, people on their own see the negative effects. If you have an effective opposition party, they constantly accentuate those points. I was just spacing out, Steve, here because I was looking at I, I actually today did a whole show um, or prepared a whole show on the monopolization that Obamacare has created for the large, big businesses, big healthcare conglomerates. They have basically destroyed private practice in America. 200 years of private practice, gone. Um, there are so many things that we used to talk about. We stopped talking about it. But worse than that, Republicans accepted the core premise of Obamacare as their own. Well, you know, Obamacare is horrible. We're going to repeal it as soon as we get in there. Oh, we're in there. That Obamacare, it's actually vital. You know, that Medicaid, the subsidies, the coverage mandates. Wow. We just want to get rid of the individual mandate, which, which, which you know, it, it was a nice academic question i think has a lot of bearings on mask wearing and some of these uh fascist things they're doing now uh legally but in terms of healthcare policy it, it really had nothing to do with anything it was really the most innocuous portion of the thing so they accepted the meat and potatoes they accentuated it trump was guilty of it mcconnell was guilty of it all of them and it, What that does is it creates consensus. If what is perceived as the side opposing something then supports it, it becomes a marginalized view. In other words, making insurance actuarially solvent again is akin to supporting segregation Mm -hmm. or something like that. That's what Republicans have done. They turned it into a losing issue. And Steve, they did this with the homosexual agenda. They do it with every single issue. So what you're saying is we can't win – when the Hegelian dialectic is on the table, is on the is on the ticket. When the when the thesis and the antithesis merge into one into one one yep. stream of thought, we can't win. This is Reagan. You're resetting Reagan's you know first CPAC speech in in 1975. The, the bold the, the bold colors, not pale pastels. And so when Republicans had 50 plus show votes on repealing Obamacare win office and then don't do it, they now, because they've merged the antithesis with the thesis, they now own that. 
They own the issue. And that it's similar to when George H.W. Bush, read my lips, no new taxes. And then he raises taxes and stunts economic growth in his own presidency. He loses because he adopted their issue and he can no longer separate himself from it. And then Bill Clinton gets to run on, well, we need to raise taxes all the more in order to have the economy grow again, right? Okay, this is, we just watch this replay all over again on healthcare is what you're saying. This is the lockdown save 2.2 million lives. When we go validate, accentuate, legitimize the premise of the left on a major issue that marginalizes any legitimate opposition and makes it as super precedent and settled law as you'll hear a lot during um, the confirmation hearings at a, at a policy level. And it makes folks like us marginalized. But I and, and I think you have said this better than anyone in your analysis of the polling. We have a very dynamic and volatile electorate. It's not like back in the time where you would win issues over the course of 10, 15, 20 years. Things turn on a dime nowadays. I, li- I literally think whatever I see trending the day before the election, trending on social media is probably going to determine who I predict yeah. to win on election day. Straight up. Exactly. The point is, you got to get on the playing field. You got to show the other side. I mean, and this is what has frustrated me with the judiciary and the presentation of the role of the Supreme Court, but more importantly, the role of the other branches in using their respective powers to interpret the Constitution. We don't have a side. It was like a lot of people noted this in in both debates. Hey, could the Scott Atlas uh, realist side get a Get a podium up there? Could we have a side up there? Because you weren't hearing it. And the more people hear it, the more it resonates. I mean, I think we're seeing this with the Barrington uh, Declaration. Those three epidemiologists, just three of them, got together, but they got thousands of people to sign on. The European media is all over it. And now the top uh, WHO envoy to coronavirus, whatever committee, uh, is essentially saying what they're saying now. I mean, you see the results of leadership nowadays. You could count those results in a matter of days, not a matter of years. But if you don't get on the playing field, or conversely, you get on the playing field and every senator says, like, Medicaid is so important. These subsidies, we're not going to touch. Oh, my gosh, pre-existing conditions. Yeah, you know, you're the guys trying to get rid of pre-existing conditions. We're better. Look, we just wanted, we think the states could do it a little better. You know, there's better ways of doing it. Well, I mean, you lost the argument. Yeah. And this this is just a window into what the GOP does on every single issue. The the story from the New York Post that's out today. I don't I don't want to so much get your political analysis of it as much as as I want to have you and I have a heart to heart about what it means to be a conservative. I mean, one of the things we try to do. I mean, the root word of what we are is conserve. You know, we're trying to conserve institutions, traditions, ideals, values that have been proven through time and, and history to be what's best for the human condition. That's, that's what I think we're trying to do. At the very least, what we learned this morning is that in December of 2019, the Federal Bureau of Investigation had in its possession... That, you know, the whole rationale for Trump's impeachment was that he was calling Ukraine to get them to investigate Biden. And the whole time I was like, well, shouldn't we know if Biden's guilty first? If he's not guilty, then obviously it looks terrible for Trump. If he's guilty, then actually Trump's doing the country a favor then. I mean, nope, we don't need to know. Well, the whole time this was being adjudicated, 
the FBI had this laptop that had on it prima facie evidence, meaning there's enough here to at least investigate further, okay? Prima facie evidence that what would have caused Trump to do what they were accusing him of actually may have occurred. And they said nothing the entire time, Daniel, while an impeachment of a president was going on. They said nothing all this year. We only found out about it because a computer repair guy blew the whistle on this. Where are we at with any, any of these institutions, Daniel? Any of them? Steve, we are at the point where these people are willing to cost lives and destroy the country to get a political outcome. I think social media is what did it. I, I think – I mean it was headed in that direction. The institutions were wearing down. But there was a certain limit like, dude, you know, you, you can't have anarchy. You can't destroy an economy. Uh, you can't do lockdown. You know, Johns Hopkins wrote a paper as late as 2006 uh, investigating the idea and, and noting how it's just unfeasible. But what happened was the religion of virtue signaling, where where you are constantly on display and you constantly have an audience, and you don't look at life decisions and the ramifications a week, a month, a year, mm. and certainly in a ten year window. Does this you give me the ratio what, I want right now, basically? Right yeah. now, what is the morality? We we live on the church of social media. That is the Bible. That is the new. That's like the Catholic Church of the of the Middle Ages. This runs. Western civilization. Hmm. And that defines law, that defines public health, that defines economy, whatever the issue is, this is what we do. Um, so these people are untouchable, these people are not. We live in a social pyramid of outcomes based on personal and political and racial identity. And that's what governs things, the antithesis of equal justice under the law. So, I mean, Steve, I think you're seeing this on the coronavirus side. There is nothing they won't lie about to get a certain result. I mean, they are willing to cost lives. That's why I give Scott Atlas a lot of credit for saying they are engaging in sinful behavior. But I think you're seeing that same sinful behavior on the law enforcement side that they are willing to allow egregious breaches of the law to take place in order to assuage the gods of political correctness. And I, I had a border agent yesterday email me or text me a bunch of screenshots because he's on an intel committee so he gets the dhs the department's broader bulletins do you know steve it's all about white supremacism now even if you're obsessed with white supremacism and you want to really go after it any sane person would realize every major city and even mid-sized city in america is now teetering really on the verge of loss of control i mean this is homeland security at, at its core and you have these like funny militias and organizations that are one ten thousandth in size, how in the world would you marshal the majority of your resources to dealing with that hmm. based on any level of you know threat assessment that, that is grounded in reality? But that's the thing. The reality is what social media talks about. They respond to social media. We, we, we always think of law enforcement and scientists as very mechanical. And, and I think they were to a degree, even the ones that disagreed with you and me. But now they read social media and that dictates law, science and morality. So it's the bail, Molek, um, Caesar. It, that's it's the spirit of the age basically it's the church of the spirit of the age great stuff daniel as always man good to see you brother god bless take care take care god bless I want to get you guys his reaction to that here in just a minute what he just said 
Okay. But first, we do a lot of cool things for our pets. Now, take them for walks, take them for runs, uh, take them to groomers, give them treats. You know what they really need, though? Nutrients, because it's probably not going to be in the food we buy them at their stores. It's been sterilized. It's dead as a doornail when it leaves the factory, like a lot of the food that we buy today at the store is. That's why we're taking so many supplements. Our dogs need those as well, and that's where Rough Greens comes in. It's not a new dog food, but a supplement that you mix in, a powder you mix in with the food your dog already loves, and it tastes great to your pets. They're going to love it even more. I see that with our pet cap at our house, but it's got all the vitamins, nutrients. It's got all the minerals, pre, probiotics, omega oils, antioxidants that your pet needs and see if that if you don't see in just two weeks a a difference in your dog's overall health energy attitude all right try the rough greens jumpstart bag today for just $14.95 find out two weeks or less if this is for you when you go to roughgreens.com slash blaze that's r-u-f-f-r-u-f-f for roughgreens.com slash blaze thoughts on what daniel just said that Social media is is the church of the spirit of the age. He's dead on, and it just goes to show how prescient we were years ago when we were talking about social media as the town square and how, while they may have been genuine, it was ultimately simplistic to simply say, well, these are private companies. They, they can do whatever they want to. It, if you fundamentally believe in the first things that made this country great, that that's just a trite argument. Does, that does not suffice. Hmm. If these are the default town square, and Steve, you've also talked about uh, if what what would happen if we made the same argument about telephones mm-hmm. and the arbitrariness of how you can. I Meaning, you can't have a phone line because I don't yeah. agree with your views. Yeah, yeah, you can't connect to the new age. Well, yes. That's going on. It is going all on. the yeah. time. These I mean, days. Facebook's former Facebook's one of their fact checkers, who's an Obama administration official, Andy Stone, literally tweeted out. I've not read the New York Post piece, but we're going to make sure that we uh, we deplatform yeah. it on Facebook when, yeah. when, when you try to distribute it. And Just tweeted it out. And when they're mobilizing their little minions like this, when they're changing the definition of a word in Webster's dictionary like that. Again, it's just trite to say they're a private company, they can do whatever we want to, which actually, as we all know, if we think that through, that's not even remotely true, nor Mm -hmm. has it ever been. Mm -hmm. Aaron? Yeah. I mean, uh, this it's a unique instance where this particular medium, especially the short-form medium, plays into and really preys upon that which progressivism uh, relies upon, which is immediate emotion and immediate uh, gratification. And that's what social media does to a T. And I think that's, I think that's uh, prophetic from Daniel. Back at it again tomorrow. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.